This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Breakfast with T. 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 Weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Power 98.7. Now to this a situation that is now being described in some quarters as a teenage pregnancy pandemic. Over the festive period, the Department of Health reported that of uh, the 1,703 babies that were born on New Year's Day at public health uh, facilities, at least 190 were of, t- were of teenagers' uh, uh, mothers, were, were born to teenage mothers, for 10%. Um, the, in, the National Department of Health says that uh, between April 2020 and March 2023, almost 400,000 children were born to teenagers between the ages of 15 and 19. Occasionally, social challenges lead to young mothers giving up their babies for adoption. And sometimes the families uh, have been unaware of the pregnancy as the girls try to conceal it from family members. So while the school's due to open um, for the new academic uh, year uh, next week, the department, well, the government is calling uh, through the Department of Education and Social Development for pregnant teenagers to return to school to complete their studies. The Minister of Social Development is Lindy Westwell. She trains us on the line. Um, good morning to you, Minister, and thank you for your time. Yes, good morning, and my apologies that I'm on the road if you hear the sounds of cars. There's not right. much I can do around, about, about it right now, but a very good morning, and uh, hopefully it will be a better year than last year. Indeed. Yes, indeed, ma'am. All right, let's just start. I just want to get a sense from you of the approach and the work that you do together with the Department of Education. Uh, what your approach is to the issue and this challenge of teenage pregnancies? Well, let me start here that um, we as a department and myself in particular, I decided that I really need to pick up on this issue of teenage pregnancy and be able to take it from where the department did some work of research and traveling, mm. crossing the country, our communications team going as far as engaging with traditional leaders, engaging with communities and engaging with families. So we did do that um, crisscrossing the country, but that's not enough uh, because it's clear that the problem is not getting resolved. It's getting worse, uh, if anything. Mm. And so we decided that uh, seeing that this is the situation and understanding and appreciating the challenges that are faced by young girls, uh, in fact, the pain is young girls as, as, as young as 10 years and 11 years and 12 years and 13 years, that they have to make certain decisions, which actually in this case, they don't make the decision. Somebody else makes the decision for them, either by forcing them or by uh, just hoodwinking them and thinking that what they are doing is right. Mm. So I decided that I must really take this up and do much more than what we have been doing at the moment. Mm. Step it up. Firstly, coordinate uh, much better with the Department of um, uh, Education, the Department of Health. But beyond government, it's also about talking to your traditional leaders, your religious leaders, 
and being consistent about it and really barging in people's spaces about it because it is a shame that you'd have a 10-year-old, 11-year-old or a 12-year-old giving birth to a child and those people, those girls have not been made pregnant by a 10-year-old, 11-year-old. They've been made pregnant by some older, much older person. Mm. So in we fact, will mm. be calling, in, including yourselves, we'll be mm. calling upon the media to really help us along here in terms of communication and being consistent, including following our visits to the schools mm. and so forth, okay. both as education, health, and the Department of Social Development. Let me ask you this, Minister, and you just touched on in the tail end of what you were saying a moment ago. The research um, that is done into this matter, to what extent, uh, or doesn't do the, do, do, you know, does that uh, information or that research reveal actually that uh, you know who the fathers of these uh, or that are responsible for these pregnancies are? You know, what I'm getting at is uh, trying to get an, a sense of whether you mentioned that, there, of course, there's a large number of uh, teenage pregnancies that there is a result of relationships with people that are uh, much older than the the the, 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 the teenager concerned. But do we have numbers as to how many of them are actually between peers and how many of them are the result of these so-called sugar daddy phenomenon? I think it's, uh, we, we're finding that, and I think uh, you're right, in terms of the research, we still need to do a little bit more to be very specific. But one of the things the department also discovered is that some of the pregnancies are by teenage fathers who are also in school, mm. which means your 18-year-old, your 19-year-old, that number is also on the rise. But unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to give you the specifics mm. now. I just have to uh, get that the department to wrap uh, my head mm. around that so that when we speak. But what we know, as a matter of fact, as something old and which is also known and appreciated in our communities is that most of the time, uh, these young girls are impregnated by men who are either working in trucks or who are working on any anybody, mm. any man, anywhere who is actually, in my view, an irresponsible man. Because you cannot be telling me that you got consent uh, when you slept with a 10-year-old. In fact, that is abuse. And in short, it's, there is a law against it. It is criminal. It is not just irresponsible. It's criminal. Yeah. It's criminal. It's statutory rape, mm. as I was coming to say, that, that it's actually criminal. Our challenge is about getting the families of these mm. young girls standing up and uh, where possible, and in fact, not even where possible. They must report because it is sometimes the parents that then go and have negotiations about Uklaula and all that. I mean, Uklaula, Uklaula Ganjani, uh, for, for a 10-year-old, 11-year-old. Mm. And how does a mother, a father, a grandmother and all that agree to that kind of a setup? Mm. So it, it's a problem that we need to stand up, all of us, and say no to it and let it end because the future and the life of not only just the girl, but the child that mm. is born, because a child that is born of people that were not ready for the child, Mm. I can guarantee you, most of the time, the parents have to carry that burden. In many instances, the grandparents have to carry that burden, and they have to share the legal uh, social grant that they now get. They are forced to share that grant with the children instead of enjoying the grant that is being given uh, to them. Right. 
when it comes to the approach, when I mean, because the call has now been made for um, the teenagers, uh, whether they are, uh, I don't know if I talk about pregnant teenagers or we talk about those who have already given birth to return to school. What? How do you deal with that? I mean, how are you managing that? I mean, the department did, we, we discovered last year because we looked into a case uh, of a learner who was who was actually prevented from writing uh, her matric examination because she was pregnant and had not brought uh, parents with her to the school. What should be the approach, or what is the approach that is currently being taken in as far as that's concerned, particularly also with where the boys seemingly get off scot-free, if I can put it that way, because they just carry on with their lives, write exams, and life just continues for them. Uh, you see, it's about uh, working with the teachers and teachers also and school governing bodies being appreciative of the fact that if the child or the, I mean, if the girl is able to go back to school and the one who's able to write an exam, that will be a better citizen. That will be a citizen who later on be able to either go to college or university or and that would be a, a, a somebody that would acquire knowledge which is good um, uh, for the future. So it will take us time because it's a stigma also this. It's mm. a stigma not only for the, the girl that is either pregnant or has given birth. This is what we have to deal with at schools because unfortunately for us, Sometimes the children are also very cruel um, to each other. If they know that the girl has had a, a baby and then it becomes a big talk, a big story in the school, mm. and then the girl really feels uncomfortable and her confidence is completely lost. In my view, as a Minister of Social Development, we're responsible for the well-being of all citizens and in particular the vulnerable ones. That's yeah. why I'm saying this year onward, whatever the case is, this year onward, I would want the department, working together with the Department of uh, Education mm. and Health, to uh, some degree also working together with the Department of Justice. Mm. Because um, here is my problem. The 10-year-old, the 11-year-old goes to a clinic. Somebody takes that child to the clinic. Somebody takes that child mm. for antenatal um, uh, checkups and all that. What does that person who takes the child think and say? Shouldn't they be the ones, actually, the first one to go and report that we are having a case here of statutory rape? Right. And um, because you are saying sometimes the, the girl would hide the pregnancy. Mm. And let what? me tell you, mm. I am a culprit of that. And I, I, I say to myself, if I, at the time that I was 16 and I had a, a child at mm. 16 and my grandparents were devastated, why should that be still happening now more than 40 years mm. ago? Mm. It shouldn't be happening. Mm. Final one for you, ma'am. Uh, and, uh, you know, just uh, in terms of uh, how we deal with it. You know, the thing about it is it's easy, in, maybe in a lot of cases, and I'm not, again, this is something that's going to require, uh, you know, the outcome of this research that you've done, is that to what extent is this an aberration where you have a once-off incident where a teenager, you know, through, you know, what uh, young people do, experimentation, you know, happens to be preg- get pregnant while they're still in their teens, while they're still in school. But I see that increasingly we are having uh, in inverted commas, uh, you know, as, as repeat pregnancies, you know, amongst um, teenagers. Do we also, because then... It's not an aberration. You have to take a very different approach than when that happens, when you have a teenager um, who's still in school having a second child. It is the problem of communication, number one, with the, with, the, with the children in schools. 
it is a, a, a problem of us not being very practical. Let me tell you, yesterday I had a conversation with the teenagers and they absorbed what I was saying better when I spoke about myself. Mm. And I explained the disappointment and I explained the cut in my life where at some point I did exactly what you're talking about. You're pregnant the first time, you're pregnant the second time, and your parents, your grandparents, my grandparents just don't know what to do with you. But it takes a long time before you get to recognizing that what is actually happening is wrong because you can't take care of the children. So as I say, it's a campaign that we need to stand up and take up. And I want to say here, as you're raising this issue, I'm really pained by people who go around telling us that uh, these young girls get pregnant because they want to get social grants. And I think that thing must really be be, be, be just uh, thrown out because I don't think there's anyone in the world who would really go through that pain. First mm. and foremost is the nine months of pregnancy. And within the nine months, there's so many things that you have to do that you need. And then you have to go through of having, having the child and all that. It is unfortunate ignorance. It is unfortunate lack of uh, knowledge. It's also unfortunate lack of seeing the future and where you are going. Firstly, mm. as a young girl, but you're a young girl at that point in time. You think you are in love. You think the person who's making you pregnant is your future, whereas the situation is not there. Mm. This is why I'm saying let's have this campaign, really step up on the campaign, and make sure that in another five, ten years, uh, we'll be talking less of this thing. Let us make our children see their future. Let us make boys and girls see their future. And let them see their future through the eyes of saying, no, I cannot have a child because it means my future is being reversed if I have a child or two. Thank you so much, Minister, for your time. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Lindy is the Minister of Social Development. Yeah, indeed, this is a campaign that goes beyond government. This is a responsibility for all of us. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a societal issue. Um, it, it involves all of us as members of our communities um, that we get involved in how we deal with these things, educating um, you know, our children more, and also in supporting them when they do find themselves in these positions that they are not ostracized um, from, and you know, the, 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 the stigma that goes with these things. This is the Power Breakfast. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.